Welcome to House of Hope Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message from this past Sunday. For more information about other messages or events at House of Hope, visit www.ihope.today. Well, this is this is this is going to be fun. This is going to be an interesting week, and uh, we're, we're going to see what God does. And man, we're going to have fun this next weekend, however it looks. So go ahead. What's that? Launch the unexpected. All right, so you did great. We have a number of these prophetic words in here. Please continue to write them. Um, even if you have some during the week, just take some of the slips with you. When you go home and we come back for setup, we can add some more. I don't think we have quite enough to cover everybody that's signed up for the conference. So just please write some more. Even during my message, if things come up, I won't be offended if you, if you do that. So I'm just going to leave this here. And uh, yeah. You don't understand what the conference is? Talk to me afterwards and I will fill you in. It's, it's, yeah. Sure, yeah. That's awesome. Okay, so we're good. Are we flying? Hello, everybody in internet land. All right. Um, wow, that voice, I have to drink because that shout was, I used my throat, not my diaphragm. Uh-oh. Right, Melody? That's dangerous. Um, it's been an interesting week. Uh, I've been, the Lord's been reminding me this week of what is happening in House of Hope and what's been happening in, in, in the life of our, of our family here. And uh, he's been reminding me of promises that he's given um, to us as a house for, for years ago. And then he started reminding me of promises that he gave Deanne and I like 25 years ago. And I was like, what's, what, what are you doing? And I felt, I don't know if you felt this, but there's been a, a sense in my heart and, and just a really high expectation and almost like a momentum building for what God is doing within House of Hope and our role in the, in the city, our role in the uh, in, in the in the area, and even our role in the nations, and we've been called, and, and I've been reading um, some of these prophetic words. If you have not accessed some of the prophetic words in these books that Kathy has put together, these are amazing. You know, I was looking through like we've been around since 2010, so it's nine years coming up this May. We're celebrating our ninth anniversary. And in that are prophetic words and pictures and reminders and testimonies of, of the things that God has done. And, um, but I have just this, this heightened expectation or excitement of something that God is doing. And, and through that, he's reminding me of the things that he's called us to be and, 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 and what we're doing with that. And then I realized that with 2019, we've, you know, we've felt a, a prophetic word like there's wind on this whole thing of breakthrough and we've seen amazing breakthrough in a lot of areas health relationships and finances um there's still something that is to be done this year and and that's this whole area of decluttering stuff and I, I how many of you are are familiar with Marie Kondo from she's on Netflix you know yeah Deanne got me into her and you know, does this, Deanna will look at me and she's like, she'll look at this and she says, does this bring you joy? 
And I'm like, what are you talking about? She goes, oh, you haven't watched Marie Kondo. So then for the next three hours, we're watching Netflix on a Saturday afternoon or a Sunday afternoon. And I'm looking, I'm going, yeah, but I like the way I fold my socks. Like, I just, like, it's... And Deanne's like, well, do you need... Like, if you're not familiar with her, she's a lady from Japan who is an exceptional organizer. And she will go into a hoarder house and a lot and and use um, I believe she's using spiritual aspect spiritual um, truths um, to allow the people in these situations to actually be healed up and let things go. It's 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 phenomenal, and she doesn't. I, I don't believe that she's a Christian necessarily, but truth is truth, right? Truth is what's that? Her Marie Kondo. Yeah, and then she's on Netflix, and she's got, like, I don't know how many, 12 or 13 episodes, and it's really cool. But she, she, and she goes through these things, and she teaches people, you know, how to get rid of, like, why do you have a room full of, of, of clothes? You know, like, like, d- does this bring you joy? And she says, does this item bring you joy? Or does it, is there a disconnect? If it doesn't bring you joy, get rid of it. And so it's really cool. And I, and I was thinking, you know, the Lord, what the Lord does is that, he will actually allow things to happen in the natural and they will speak of the spiritual. They'll, be, they'll speak of the supernatural. What is done in the natural things speaks of the supernatural. And so like a show coming out of Netflix or Hollywood or wherever you want to call it can actually speak of the things that the Lord is wanting to speak into the church today. And so this season, it's almost like a, a time of decluttering, of getting rid of the things that we don't need, the things that aren't important, the things that are just useless. And in the Christian life, there's a lot of times we actually start to hang on to things that we don't know why we're hanging on to. Like we, we you know, as, as you all know, we, mo- we, we moved this last, it's been six months, I think, six or seven months. We moved in the summer and in that process leading up to us moving, we had to take 25 years of stuff and pare it down to get it fit into a container, yay big. And then we had a barn. And, you know, we were shocked at how much stuff that we actually had to get rid of. And we, were, we filled an entire dumpster bin. It was overflowing. And at the end, I was just like, there was no, does this bring me joy? It was, I don't have room for this. I'm either, I'm pitching it. You know, I took more uh, stuff to the um, Bibles for Missions. And like, I was just like, they, they had a big time. Because we had 25 years of stuff built up that we didn't need. And then we moved. And then we perched again. And now our house is peaceful and there's still stuff that we need to get rid of. But it's, it's this willingness to let go of stuff um, that will actually prepare us for what God is going to do in the coming times. If we are so cluttered with, with stuff in our spiritual lives, in our physical church life, like we've been here, what, for how many years? Someone, we've been in this building for what, how many years? What? So September 13, we came here. So what is, I'm sorry, that's six years. So in six years, we have, we have stuff. If you go downstairs to the um, janitorial room in the back, there's this crevice. And we look and we're going, why is this here? It's just because, well, we, we may need it someday. That's just physical stuff. 
We've also probably incorporated some things in our church life that may not be important, that we don't need to do, right? Or there may be things that we do need to do that we're not doing because we do other stuff. Does that make sense? Like even today, mixing up the order of service, it was choppy. It was weird. It, was, it didn't have a professional feel because it was different. And I didn't tell Kathleen that she was going to have to do the, 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 the offering because I forgot. to Not to tell her, but thinking, oh, we're changing the order. And it feels weird. It feels awkward. You know, the, and the kids were like, "Wah!" and 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 that's that's kind of normal, but they seem to be on a heightened sense of, like, they probably had one too many donuts. <laughs> but but that's okay, because we don't have to have a polished look to ourselves. What we have to have is that sense of family and His presence and doing what God has called us to do. And see, what has happened is I believe that we have made things very complex when the gospel itself isn't complex. We've taken systems and structures and added to them and and made things so um, big that it's time that we actually pull down some of these systems and pull down some of these structures in order for us to have the freedom to do what God has called us to do. Now, there's nothing wrong with systems and structures. You know, about, um, I think it's two years ago now, we received several prophetic words to say, it's time to shore up the banks, it's time to create structure, it's time to, because what God is doing is he's going to pour in, and you're going to have to have structure to contain what God is doing. I received that word. What does that look like? I don't, I'm still trying to figure that out. But in the, in, since we received those, we've done things in order to grow. And have we grown? A little bit. But we're taking a prophetic word and we're going, you know what? There's a time coming that if a thousand people showed up in this room, would we be able to contain it? No. Is there a building in town that would contain a thousand new Christians coming in? There's the Recplex, there's the, or the... Western Financial, the Key City, I think, hold, how many does the Key City hold? 600, so not even the Key City. But it's not ours. So could we handle, what could we handle here? We could probably fit, squeeze in 200 people, right? And so we're prepared for that. And even the system that I announced today using Breeze and stuff, that's just a system to, to help us manage and, 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 and do things better. So there's those kind of systems. But when we get down to the, the gospel... And we, and we get down to it, to typically the church has said, okay, you know, um, we're going to make this hard. The gospel is simple, but we've added to what the gospel is. You know, we, we've said, um, we have to pray this way. Or we, um, when you're a Christian, you have to do things this way. You have to get water baptized. You have to actually have early Christian training. You have to have training to, to do this. And you have to have training to do that. When, when that, we, we've taken that, those things and they're important, but we've actually tagged them on to this is what you have to do to be a Christian. We have to actually go back and start to look at what the gospel is, how it affects us, and then actually go from there. So what is the gospel? It's the good news. It was, it's simply the gospel is um, Jesus loves you, receive him and follow him. That's the good news. Jesus loves you, receive him and follow him. How do I know this? Well, the, the thief on the cross, you know, 
The thief on the cross, when Jesus was sitting there dying, or, or on the cross standing there dying, this thief looks over and says to Jesus, could you baptize me? Could you make sure that actually that I have the right theological knowledge of, of the kingdom before I actually follow you? Can you answer these questions for me? Or do I need to... No, he didn't do that. The thief looked over and he says, Jesus, remember me today. And Jesus looks over and he's like, today you're going to be with me. The thief didn't get baptized. He wasn't filled with the Holy Spirit. He didn't speak in tongues. He didn't, he, he, he didn't have any of these things that sometimes we attach to, the, to, to what you have to do as a Christian. And so there's this, we have tended to, compl- um, to become complex in our, in our systems, in our, in our structures, and then it holds people back because they say, I can never live up to that. I could never do that. I, I can't. I'm not a theological person. I, I don't know how to do this. I, like, can I just love Jesus? And that's where we have to get back to. And I think if we can summarize what God has been doing at House of Hope for the last about three or four years, is that he's been immersing us in the ability to love and love well and that's, and that's it. And see, and that's what Jesus did. When Jesus, you know, when we started off, you looked in the Bible. The Bible, you know, the um, few, few chapters, a few books in, in Exodus, the whole Mosaic Covenant was set up and there was ten commandments. And those were the ten commandments that, that were set up as a law, you know, one through ten, and it was all good. By the time that Jesus got to earth... 2,000 years ago, those 10 commandments had been transformed into 613 commandments. And that's where the Jewish faith has, had, had turned, in, it's called the Talmud. And you can go online and you can and Google 613 laws. And that's what the Jewish faith, they follow even today. But Jesus then goes, no, 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 no. I, I'm taking this down. What, what's what are the two greatest commandments? And people will say, well, according to the law and the prophets, it's love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and spirit. And what? Love your neighbor yourself. And Jesus says, very good. Now, in John 20, um, sorry, in John 13, he says, now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to erase those two and I'm going to give you a new commandment. So he's, and that is, love each other as I have loved you. And so he takes the... 613 laws and he breaks the the structures and he breaks the systems and he boils it down to the simplicity of the gospel and that's I've loved you love each other one rule one command one law and we have to get this in order for us to be more effective as people as as lovers we you know if somebody comes up to you and say what do I do what do you do Leif Hetland, if you know Leif Hetland, he, was, he, he says, I'm a lover. And so he's on the plane, and he's flying, and somebody looks over to them, and they want to talk, and they said, oh, what do you do for a living? And he goes, oh, I'm a lover. Talk about awkward. <laughs> he says, yes, I, I, give, I give and I receive love. What do you need? And they're like blown away. But he loves. He loves people. He's, he, he's, he's amazing. And, and that's a response that we, we all have, uh, we should have, is that what are we, who are we? Well, we're lovers. And that's how people are drawn to Jesus. Jesus. People were drawn to Jesus through love. And that is something that he's been teaching House of Hope for, like I said, about three or four years. We're getting into situations where it's like, wow, I've never had to love like that before. Oh, wow, like there's people coming that I, I don't agree with. Or, or wow, there's whatever. Love has been the center. 
So I believe that we're in a season of simplifying of what we do and how we do it. And at the same time, we're still developing structures and and systems that are balloon-like. Now, let me show you what that means. If you have... um, I'm just trying to think. A balloon-like structure, if you, th- if you take a small little balloon and you, you wrap it around a, a faucet, a water faucet, and you turn it on, how big does that get? It's big, yeah. It's, depending on the size of the balloon and the tension of the, of, the, of the rubber, you can get a lot of water, right? But if you take a glass cup, a glass, and fill it up, the water pours in, and it will only hold so much before it flows over. What would you rather have, hypothetically, in a place of the spirit? Would you rather have a glass or a balloon when the water is coming in? I'd rather have a balloon because the water is pouring in and it's expanding and it's flexing. And, and, you know, and then that hose, let's say that balloon turns into a hose and it's flexible and it moves. But what happens to rubber when it becomes old and brittle? It breaks. Like a, an old washer will cause a lot of damage because that system, that break, is dangerous, right? So what we want to do is develop systems and structures within House of Hope that are balloon-like in the sense that when the Spirit comes in, we can stretch and we can grow and we can change and we can, we can go with it, but it's still, there's still containment because the Lord is into containment. When he created the world, he took seven days and he, he actually... Um, I gotta, I'm ahead of my notes now. I've got to find what he did. Um, <laughs> Oh, yeah. So the Lord created, and then he filled, and then he rested. In Genesis, he created the world. He created a structure. He created a system. He created the oxygen and the atmosphere, the mountains and the lakes, and then he filled the lakes with life, and he filled. And so there was this creation. And, it was, and, and if you think of that as the ultimate system and the ultimate structure, and then he filled it. And he created man. He created, he filled it with his glory. And then he rested. And so what I believe the Father is calling us to do today is to have that same system in place where we create, we fill, we rest. And we allow the Holy Spirit to come in and and we rest. And then we create some more. It's in revival, there's always creation going on. We have ideas. We we want to move on. And Acts Acts is an amazing picture of what that looks like. In Acts 1 through 4, you had this massive revival going on. And the Holy Spirit was just pouring out on people. And thousands of people were coming to the Lord. Right? And they were just like, there was just, it was like Toronto times a thousand. Right? It was like, it was like Bethel times a thousand. It was just, there was just this sense of going on. And then all of a sudden, prejudices started to, to rise up in Acts 6. And, 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 and people were seeing that they were, they were prejudiced against the Hellenistic widows and the, and the Jews. And, and they weren't feeding the poor. And all of a sudden, revival stopped. And then Paul said, I think it was Paul or, um, sorry, forgive me, I forget who. Um, they said, okay, we need to appoint seven people. Peter, thank you. 
Peter rose up and he says, we need to appoint seven people full of wisdom and full of the spirit to, to start to administrate what is going on. And so all of a sudden there was a system and there was some structure set up into the early church that, that there was teaching and correction and then revival broke out again. And so it's not bad to have systems and, structure, and structures, but they have to be flexible to what the Lord is saying and what he's doing. In, uh, in John, there's another example of creating, filling, and, and resting. Jesus' first recorded miracle was what? Anyone? Water to wine. So Jesus was sitting at this, can- at this wedding, and, and his mom comes up to him and says, there's no wine. And Jesus is like, what's that to me? It's not yet my time. And he's like getting snippy, it seems, with his mom. It's like, uh, what is that to me? I, I'm, not, I'm, just, I'm just a carpenter. And she ignores what Jesus said, and she said to the servants, whatever he tells you to do, go and do it. And Jesus, in true um, Jewish form, honors his mom and said, bring me six earthen vessels. And now these vessels where they reported that were about 30 gallons of, of the capacity of 30 gallons apiece. So they brought him the, the vessel and they, he says, fill it up with water. And so they filled it up with water and he says, now dip your hand in it, take it to the master. And all of a sudden, we don't know how it happened from the walking it out, wine was created. And how many was that? Six times 30 is what? 180, 180 gallons of the best wine that was ever created because it was created by Jesus. It's a big party. And it was amazing. And people commented on the quality of it because when God creates something, he creates the best. And we get to co-labor with Jesus. So when we create, we actually have the ability to create the best. And our quality of work is the best. And, and we have this, again, we create, we fill. He created, he filled, and then he rested. And it's the same thing with we have to have that sensitivity to what God is saying. And in this season, as we are actually figuring out what we're doing, and we have this amazing anticipation of what the Lord is doing, we still have to be going, okay, how, are we, how do we declutter? How do we get rid of the things that aren't of God and then actually concentrate on the things that are? So some of you have asked in the last, what's, it's, it's March now. Hey, it's March. You know, why haven't we done um, a Wednesday night study like we did with, you know, doing a video study? Like, really miss those. Why haven't we done this? Because honestly, is that actually accelerating who we are? Or is it just a system that is not working? Because it's habit. It's nice to come out on a Wednesday. It's, not, you know, it's, it's, it's nice to start things, but then do we finish them well? And it's part of my, my makeup, my who I am, who God created me to be, that I get so frustrated when we don't finish things well. And so it makes me not want to even start something because... Well, there's, you know, life happens. Things happen. Well, yeah, I'm going to take a week off and, and not do that. And so that, that is really not why we haven't done it, but I've just been looking back and going, no, we, we don't have to do things for the sake of habit. 
unless God is actually moving on people's hearts to say we need this, then it's important. Wow. One of the things that we, what, we're, what I believe that we're preparing for, all the prophetic words that I've seen in the last 25 years, is that we're gearing up for a major move of God that will actually, what's the word? I lost the word. The Jesus People Movement of the 1970s, what God is, do, what God is about to do in the next 10 years will be greater than what the Jesus People Movement was in the 70s. Now, that was huge. That was a huge movement. Thousands and millions of people came to the... Thousands and millions. Hundreds of thousands of people came to Jesus in that movement. Major denominations were started out of that movement. Not that that's what we want to do, but, but there's an outpouring of the Spirit coming, and we have to be ready for that. When, when in, in Luke 5... Um, let's just let's just read that. Make this a little bit official that we actually looked at. I referenced some scripture, but let's read Luke five. It says on one occasion Jesus was preaching to the crowds on the shore of Lake Galilee. There's a vast multitude of people pushing to get close to Jesus and hear the word of God. He noticed two fishing boats at the water's edge, with the fishermen nearby rinsing their nets. Jesus climbed into the boat belonging to Simon Peter and asked them, let me use your boat. Push it off a short distance away from the shore so I can speak to the crowds. Jesus sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished, he said to Peter, now row out to the deep water and cast your nets and you will have a great catch. Master, Peter replied, we've just come back from fishing all night and didn't catch a thing. But if you insist, we'll go out again and let down our nets because of your word. So there's faith. There's faith. They trust Jesus. Um, but they're skeptical. So there's faith, but there's still some skepticism. When they pulled up their nets, they were shocked to see a huge catch of fish so much that their nets were ready to burst. They waved to their business par- partners on the other boat for help, and they ended up completely filling both boats with fish until their boats began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw this astonishing miracle, he knelt at Jesus' feet and begged him, Go away from me, Master, for I'm a sinful man. Simon Peter the other fi- and the other fishermen, including his fishing partners, Jacob and John, the sons of Zebedee, were awestruck over the miracle catch of fish. And then Jesus answered, Don't yield to your fear, Simon. From now on, you'll catch men for salvation. Then after pulling their boats to the shore, they left everything behind and they followed Jesus. So here's a prerequisite of following Jesus. When Jesus says, follow me, they did. <laughs> and then come the rest. Then came the process as, as they dealt with their heart issues. Should Jesus, should we call fire down from heaven to, to destroy these people? No, don't do that. Process. They were learning as they were going. And that's how we do that. When we call people to follow Jesus, we, we actually, we just start their process. Anybody can come to Jesus. If they believe in him and they receive him, then it starts. It's simple. So then you fast forward with this story to, you know, three years later, Jesus had died and he hadn't resurrected yet. And, and Peter was upset. Actually, he had resurrected. Sorry. Let's look at John 21. 
so, you know, um, Peter went back to, his life was destroyed. His, his, what had happened was, was totally, everything was, what he thought was going to happen didn't happen. And so Peter then went back to what he knew, right? So he's out fishing. He's like, I'm going fishing. So in John 21, it says later, Jesus appeared once again to the group of his disciples by the Lake of Galilee. It happened one day that Peter, Thomas, the twin, Nathaniel, Jacob, and John, and the two other disciples were together. Peter told them, I'm going fishing. And they all replied, we'll go with you. So they went out and they fished through the night, but they caught nothing. Then at dawn, Jesus was standing there on the shore, but the disciples didn't recognize that it was him. He called out, saying, hey guys, did you catch any fish? Not a thing, they replied. Jesus shouted to them, throw your net over the starboard side and you'll catch some. Now, I think something happened in their hearts that they remembered that this had just happened a few years prior. These words were ringing a bell in their hearts. And they're like, so they did as he said, and they caught so many fish, they couldn't even pull in the net. Then the disciples who Jesus loved said to Peter, so that was John, it's the Lord. And then Peter heard him say that he quickly wrapped his outer garment around him. And because he was athletic, he he dove right into the lake to go to Jesus. The other disciples then brought the boat ashore, dragging their catch of fish. They weren't far from land, only about 100 meters. And when they got to shore, they noticed a charcoal fire with some roasting fish and bread. And Jesus said, bring some of the fish, fish, the fish, bring some of the fish you just caught. So Peter waded into the water, helped pull the net to shore. It was full of many large fish, exactly 153. But even with so many fish, the net was not torn. You ever noticed that before? The net wasn't torn. And I think this is a little bit of of a humorous point, is that when you hang out with Jesus long enough, you build bigger boats and better nets. So when the when the when the catch comes in, it doesn't break. Three years prior, the nets were breaking, the boats were sinking. This, they dragged the net into shore with 153 fish. They didn't lose anything, and their structures were in place because they were fluid. And that's, I believe that that's where we need to be at, is that God is actually doing something in our house, and he's setting us up, and he's like, build bigger boats, better nets, because you're hanging out with me, and it's all good. Do you guys get do you guys get what I'm saying? I think it's 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 he always wants us to build for increase. And understanding what that looks like and it may not look like a typical way of things that we've done because we've always done it. And it's that it's that sense of does this bring you joy? I remember when we started House of Hope Bob Johnson said to us He says, and this is way before Marie Kondo. (laughs) He goes, if you're not having fun, if it doesn't make you happy when you're doing it, why are you doing it? Because the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. If if what you're doing as a house isn't bringing joy, isn't bringing, um, if it's not fun, then why are you doing it? And I've used that, and there's been a lot of times over the last eight years, I'm like, I'm not having very much fun. And so we have to look at that and go, why? I have to look, why am I not having fun? What is going on? And we actually have to come to the point in our relationship with Jesus that, that, that we have this freedom. And if we're doing something that doesn't give us freedom, then it's probably not from God. 
Because there's something in our lives that is not fluid, that is not giving us rest, that is not allowing us to be who we are. And that could be too many rules. Because we're just called to follow and to love Jesus and to love each other. And that's, that's pretty much what I got for you this morning. So we have an anticipation of what God is doing. And we are going and we're doing. And God is bringing people to House of Hope. They're bringing people to the area. And we're going, I don't know how this is going to work. Why? This is weird. They're coming to us. That's, I'm asking myself this question. And, was, and the Lord's like, you're faithful. You've provided a place of my presence. You have vision. And there's going to be a massive outbreak of the Holy Spirit in Cranbrook. That is, and we're going to touch nations. Why? Because I believe the prophetic words that have been given to us. So let's stand. Who's on the ministry team today? Zach? So, Father, I just thank you. I thank you for what you're doing at House of Hope. I thank you for what you're doing in this city. And, Father, for this word I released this morning, I just say that you would highlight structures and plans in our lives that aren't working. And you would allow us to declutter our spiritual lives just as much as we declutter our physical lives in our homes, as we declutter even the physical building of House of Hope. Lord, as a prophetic sign of you cleaning us and getting us ready for increase. Strengthen the, the, strengthen the structures that we have in place that are, are good and help us to realize the ones that aren't and then we would get rid of those. We just declare this in Jesus' name. Amen. Right, Zach? Thanks for listening to our Sermon of the Week. Our desire is that you will be changed by the love of the Father and the power of his presence. For more information about House of Hope, visit us at www.ihope.today.